Welcome back to Israel Policy Pod. I'm Eli Koaz, Communications Director in Tel Aviv. Now, we thought that our 2019 predictions podcast last week would be the last of the year. But with Israeli politics, you really never know. And I warned Michael Koppel that he may not be the last guest of the year. Surprise, surprise. Uh, on Monday, there were reports that elections uh, would be called in April and... Uh, it was confirmed later that day, and the official notice came on, on Wednesday when the Knesset uh, dissolved and elections were set for Tuesday, April 9th, 2019. So to uh, our policy director, Michael's dismay, he will not be the last podcast guest of the year. That honor will be given to Tal Shalev. And Tal is a worthy recipient. Uh, I'm not going to get into whether she's more worthy or less worthy than Michael, because uh, I don't want to pick that fight. Uh, but she is a super talented political correspondent uh, for Walla News, and uh, she joins us now. Tal, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, and it's my honor to end 2018 with you. <laughs> now, I-, I need to know, what did you do with all your free time this week? Oh, basically all my free time till April 9th is probably going to go down to the drain, because... Um, Basically, it was like, I would say it was like a tsunami. And within 48 hours, maximum 60 hours, the Knesset dissolved, as you said. And it was like um, a very clear-cut operation, not really dramatic as we probably expected it to be. It just happened and and kind of we're all now thrown into a new situation in which we're going to speed elections, a very short election campaign, a hundred, just a bit more than a hundred days starting uh, on Sunday. Um, So I guess not much free time for any Israeli uh, politician or journalist in the next few months. (laughs) Now, uh, now before we talk about the actual election, um, I want to ask you, do you think this election was, was it, did it catch kind of Netanyahu by surprise? Because for a second it seemed that he was able to somehow stabilize his coalition, but everybody was talking about this, uh, this, in, this Haredi enlistment uh, uh, bill uh, that would have trouble passing, and, Lapid, and Netanyahu kind of accused Yair Lapid of supporting the bill and then uh, changing his mind and blaming kind of elections on him. Um, but I think people uh, came to the conclusion that Netanyahu, he, he had this kind of planned, planned out. So that's a big question. Um, generally, I would take Netanyahu's excuses to why we are going to election, to early elections, with a grain of salt, um, and a quite big grain of salt, because um, it's not really about the inscription bill. It's not really about relationship between state and religion. It's not really about the ultra-Orthodox parties. It's about the investigations. Um, It's true that Netanyahu envisioned um, keeping up with the government until and filling up its days and, and, and kind of dragging on in a very unstable situation with 61 member uh, members um, till November 2019. But last week, um, a dramatic thing happened, which kind of changed his calculations. 
Um, and reports started coming out that actually um, things, the, the pace of the investigations and the pace of the legal decisions in his manners is actually faster than he thought and then than everyone actually thought. Because um, basically the big question which is looming over Netanyahu's whole future is with is if the attorney general is going to decide to indict him uh, for the files uh, 1,000, 2,000, and 4,000 that are being investigated against him. And last week, suddenly reports emerged that that decision will be made within eight to 10 weeks. And that is the common assumption um, is the reason that we went to the speed election. So it's true that Netanyahu kind of lost control, but eventually this is a very, very calculated timing from his point of view. Um, this is a timing that could enable him um, to kind of continue playing with the clocks, the legal clock and the political clock and try and regain public support, which could serve as some kind of ammunition in front of this uh, looming uh, decision by the attorney general. Definitely. And I think uh, Netanyahu, uh, I think he said uh, yesterday, or at least people around him, that he would, even if the attorney general recommends an indictment, he would uh, continue to act as prime minister. And I think that's legally okay. But I know uh, Moshe Kahlon said he wouldn't support that. And it's obviously very, very problematic. Um, yeah, so... So the grand plan, or at least this is according to um, Likud, senior Likud members, the grand plan is basically to um, try and hope that um, that the attorney general's decision will not happen before the elections, that the attorney general will not want to be perceived or portrayed as someone who's trying to interfere with the public vote and with the Vox Popular and with democracy. So. Um, by some, by, so, so Netanyahu and the Likud are hoping that the attorney general will postpone the decision to after the election. In that case, if no dramatic game changer happens, the Netanyahu would like to have as many cards open to him as he can um, in the political system. At the moment, it seems that there are going to be at least 13, 14 parties running, but the, at the moment the polls show that Netanyahu is still the largest party and there's no way to create a block that would um, oust him or put someone else at the top of the government instead. Um, so what basically the grand plan is that Netanyahu will pose this as a condition to his future coalition partners. He will say, I have a lot of options. Um, and I will choose those who commit to um, not leaving the minute the attorney general reaches a decision if that decision is indictment for bribery. Um, and he will be trying to manipulate and kind of um, play around with his cards. And um, actually, if he can do that, then he can create probably a, a longer period of ammunition in which he can ammunition in which he can be sitting, continue to sit as prime minister, even though uh, the attorney general um, has signaled that he is going to indict him. So let's try to talk a bit about the actual election, and it's going to be obviously hard to disconnect that from uh, all the legal uh, proceedings uh, going on on the sidelines. 
Um, so I was born in 1990, and I did the calculation quickly. Netanyahu has been prime minister of Israel for about 46% of my life. Um, he's leading in every poll that I've seen. Um, I saw one that had, there are a bunch of, uh, we'll get to Benny Gantz in a second, but there are a bunch of, in every poll, there's been a scenario of uh, Gantz joining up with one of uh, the two big uh, center or center-left parties, Yeshatid and uh, and the Zionist Union. So there was like one poll that had him and Lapid uh, one seat behind Netanyahu, but in every other poll, there's been like a pretty significant gap. Um, do you think there's any way Netanyahu doesn't win this election? So first, let me say that I've been covering um, Israeli politics since 2011, and 100% of the time, Netanyahu has been prime minister. So... I think my situation is a bit more, uh, I think, revealing than yours. Um, listen, I think it's clear that Netanyahu is the favorite to win, as always. The past four years have made him stronger than ever. And even the indictments or the looming indictment or and the investigations, they have only bolstered him and made him stronger rather than weaken him. So if you look at the map the way it is now on the opening in the opening days of the elections, yes, it doesn't seem there's a chance that Netanyahu could lose could uh, lose his seat. But there are a lot of question marks and a lot of unknowns at this point. As I said, um, there are so many parties now um, in the scene that eventually, with 14 parties, by the way, many of them are. Um, just dividing the same anti-Netanyahu electorate into very small frictions. Eventually, some of these players will not be able to survive in the polls. So I would say that in a few weeks' time, we will see some of these players, if it's Yalon, if it's Gantz, if it's Avigabai, Tzipi Livni, maybe Oli Levi, some of these medium-small players will be teaming up. If that happens, and of course, that's a big if, because if in order for that to happen, a lot of people have to go away. But, you know, Israeli politicians love doing that, putting their ego away. Yeah, they're some of the most selfless people yeah, in the world. Exactly. That's why there's a very big if over this scenario, because um, ego is probably one of the big drivers of politicians all around the world, not only in Israel. And uh, at the moment, it seems impossible for ego to be put aside. But as I said, as we move forward and some players might see that if they don't team up, they will be wiped out, um, then they might have no um, other choice than to team up and to create blocks and to create joint lists and to um, just like we saw last year, last elections with Tsipi Livni and, uh, um, and uh, Bougie Herzog. So things could still happen. B, I think that um, all Israeli journalists are probably in some way um, deterred um, and even will be very cautious to say that um, Netanyahu might not win the elections because there's this trauma from the last election in which we predicted um, so far away uh, from what eventually happened. Um, so I think that people will be very cautious, but I still think that 
at least I try to lend some credit to democracy and credit to elections. And the most, I think, the best phrase that uh, um, is being, you know, commonly whispered is that election um, is a situation in which you know how you enter it, but you don't know how you leave it. So we see the open mission now. That doesn't mean that this will be the ending situation and the map can dramatically change in the next few weeks. Yeah, definitely. And I think also uh, it's important to talk about the fact that Netanyahu, despite leading in all the polls, he doesn't have like overwhelming approval from the Israeli public. I mean, in the, there were a few polls that asked, uh, do you want Netanyahu to be the next prime minister, to continue being prime minister? And I think it was about 34%, 32% saying yes, and over 50% saying no. So uh, you you mentioned the abundance of political parties that has this the kind of the the camp that's trying to defeat Netanyahu completely split up. So I think that's exactly the point. And on that, uh, I mean, obviously the big name is former chief of staff uh, Benny Gantz, who registered his party uh, on Thursday. Uh, people were pretty critical of the name uh, just because it doesn't. It doesn't sound that nice. The name's Chosen Israel. Yeah, it means resilience to to Israel. And there was talk of Benny Gantz joining with Bogi Alon. Uh, that was reported two days ago, and that would mean two former chief of staffs and obviously former defense minister, Yalon, joining with Benny Gantz. And Yalon was below the the threshold, the 3.25% threshold to enter the Knesset in almost every poll. So what do you think about Benny Gantz? I mean, this is a lot of speculation, but you know more than most people about this. What do you expect uh, that well, he Benny does? Gantz finally made his first step. There's no way back at this moment after announcing that there's a party and that he's running and he's starting to leak names that might be running with them. Benny Gantz is all in. Will he run until the end with this party called Chosen Israel? Not necessarily. This could be the first platform, a power base, in order for him to have negotiations about teaming up in the future with other players. But to begin with, Gantz wants to show that he is the serious, a serious player. And a serious player has to have a party of his own in this current uh, situation. It seems at the moment that even though Gantz has been portrayed as the messiah of the center-left camp, Gantz is actually um, looking to the right-wing uh, um, side of the map. And um, it's his, um, the fact that he's holding, I would say, very concrete discussions with Yalon um, signals that uh, um, he will be trying to create a very um, moderate, right-wing, security-style party, which could um, pose a threat to Netanyahu, who up until now has been the only holder of the Mr. Security title um, in Israeli politics. But I would say Gantz has not said anything yet. Nobody knows anything about his positions. Um, He has not yet in, um, you know, intrigued by the media. Um, he's not a very, he's never been to politics. He's a newcomer to politics. There are a lot of things that can go wrong in this game changer plan. And you can be sure 
that the Likud and Bibi's uh, loyalists are waiting, are just waiting to uh, bring Gantz down and to try and criticize him and to try and dig up dirt. And we will see um, a lot of dirt thrown at him. And uh, it's not clear that he will have the, you know, the stamina to go through it. So he's a big question mark, but at least from the buzz-wise matter, he's the... He's creating the most buzz of all of the players, um, and his future steps are definitely going to be interesting. And the minute he enters the scene, what we see is that the two other center-left parties, Yeshatid and, Zion- and the Zionist Union, they shrink down, which means that um, if this is the dynamics, we could eventually find one of these players teaming up with Gantz and then start to create some kind of block that could pose some kind of threat to Netanyahu. As I said, there's so much in the election campaign that like predicting the scenarios would be, I would think, kind of stupid. Um, but this is what we're gonna, going to be doing for the next uh, few weeks and months. Um, so Gantz is definitely the most interesting player around at the moment. Yeah, of course. And another thing that's interesting is that in all these, uh, in all these polls uh, where they have Benny Gantz running on, uh, on his own, with his own party, he's able to take uh, seats from the Likud between two to four seats. And when, he's, when they put him in a scenario with either uh, Avigabai or uh, Yair Lapid, it's harder for him to take seats uh, from the Likud is what we've seen. So that could be part of his calculation in, in considering this early, uh, the rumors of him joining up with Yalon. Uh, you mentioned Avigabai. Uh, it seems like the Zionist Union are in big trouble. Uh, there were reports of several Knesset members of the Zionist Union leaving the party. I think they need eight to do that and to, uh, to create a, a new faction. There were rumors about a few of them joining Meretz. Um, Avi Gabay is obviously, uh, his situation in the polls is is terrible. Then there's the question of Tsipi Livni. Does she stay? Does she look to link up with uh, with somebody else? Can you just touch on Avi Gabay quickly and what, what do you think is, is going on and uh, uh, happening there? So Avi Gabay, so as I said, Gantz is like uh, the guy who's creating the most buzz. So you can say that Gabay and Livni are creating the negative uh the negative buzz of the week um they gabai since he's been elected it's been a year and a half and he's dramatically you know declined the popularity of the zionist union has declined and he's dealing with constant um fighting basically with some of his um mks he has very bad relationships with his mks and he has a very bad relationship with Tipi Livni, um, as opposed to a quite constructive relationship Livni used to have with his predecessor, uh, Herzog. Um, and this kind of uh, broke out this week. Um, Tipi Livni continues to promote this idea of creating a large block that could uh, bring all of these forces we've been talking about together and try and replace Netanyahu. But Avi Gabbai seems these talks and this discussion, he seems this as um, something that it can hurt him and it's hurting him because it kind of challenges his own leadership. 
And he got very, very angry at C.P. Livni this week for her talking about the block. Uh, people around Avi Gabay say that this block, um, the talk, all the discussion of a block is only harming the Zionist Union and that he has demanded C.P. Livni to stop talking about it. Um, there are a lot of politics going on in the Zionist Union. Um, it's, I think it's too early to tell. Um, they have a primary race for the Knesset list, which will be coming up, um, which will probably bring up so much more dirt. Um, I think that the momentum is against them um, and their stocks are definitely declining. Uh, but as I said, things could still change during the election, even though it seems at this point that Gabay will need some kind of miracle in order to change the direction and th things are going at the moment. Yeah, it, it looks like that. Um, so uh, to conclude, uh, I want to just ask you about the, the smaller parties uh, running. Um, what party do you think could be the surprise of this election? I mean, I know people really like Israelis love Orly Levy and she just announced her, her Gesher party, which is kind of like a reemergence of the uh, the party that her father, uh, David Levy, formed uh, in the 90s. Um, who do you think is going to be the surprise? Could it be, could it be or Orly Levy? Um, well, Orly Levy is one of the interesting players. But as I said, Orly Levy is probably one of the first candidates uh, a potential, that will potentially join forces with... Uh, Benny Gantz. Uh, Gantz really wants to cooperate with Oli Levy. She brings him a social, also moderate right-wing um, color, which he definitely wants to have in his party. But so far, Gantz and Oli Levy, have, um, as all of the other players, have not been able to reach an agreement on who will be number one. And as I said, um, Oli Levy is, it's, is considered... A surprise, or I would say the, you know, the atmosphere party of the next election. She could go very high, but she could also um, stay steady at around four or five seats. And if she stays steady in the polls around four or five seats, she too will want to join forces and to try and uh, um, find a safe place. Um, I think the dynamics which will define who will be the surprise party of the next election um, will be defined by the next polls in the next few weeks. And we should expect some of these players to team up. So I'm not sure that Oli Levy or Benny Gantz will reach the end of the race in the situation they are right now. Actually, if there's something that I predict with quite um, a high, I, myself with quite a high level, is that... Um, the map as we see today will not be the map at the end of the elections. It, there's just no way that the numbers will add up. There will be players that will have to join forces. Another party we should mention, just because we didn't, is Meretz, which could uh, definitely um, gain some interesting momentum from all of these changes. Because um, if Benny Gantz is uh, private pivoting to the right and trying to appeal to the right-wing electorate, um, Gantz will not be taking many voices from uh, Merit. And at the same time, the left-wing of the Zionist Union and the left-wing base 
um, of Avi Gabay, who is disappointed with Avi Gabay, could uh, decide to move to uh, Meretz. Um, but also, this also depends on who will be on the Meretz list and how will the Zionist Union list. And there are a lot of new players that are looking for houses and are looking for homes to launch their political career. So um, we started out saying that I don't have much free time. I think that in the next four months, all there are a lot of interesting things that could happen. There are a lot of ifs and ifs and ifs and ifs and ifs. And I guess every week we'll be learning more about how this map will look eventually. And only then we can actually try and start and look at the question, is there any real danger for Netanyahu in this election? Yeah, there there's so many uh, variables at play here, um, and uh, it will be a very interesting uh, couple of months, and we wish you a, a lot of sleep and rest whenever possible, but obviously continue your your great work. Uh, Tal, thank you so much for joining us, political correspondent for Wala News. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter at, at Tal Shalev1. Um, Tal, toda, thank you. Thank you. As this is the last podcast of the year, on behalf of myself and uh, my colleague Evan Gottesman, I'd like to thank all of you, uh, our listeners, for tuning in. It really means a lot. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe, share with your friends and family, and give us a rating on on iTunes. We'll have a lot in store uh, next year, especially in uh the upcoming months as uh, the countdown begins for uh, April elections. So be sure to stay tuned. And if you have any requests, please feel free to email us. We'd love to hear from you uh, at podcast at israelpolicyforum.org. That's podcast at israelpolicyforum.org. Thank you so much. Toda and Happy New Year.